citywide blackout, your home for the best creators from around the world. I'm your host, Max Bowen. And of course, joining me as he does for many, many episodes and many more to come, my buddy Curtis Hughes is, uh, is on the mic too. What's going on, Max? How's it going? Happy to be here. Yeah. Let's get this thing rocking and rolling. Let's do, man. It, yeah, man. Think, things are going really good. We are thankfully seeing an end to the summer season pretty soon. We're getting uh, into the fall. I don't know about you, but this is my season. This is where I shine. It's your season. I thought it was my season. It's mine, goddammit. I took it first. Oh, come on. You can have you can you can have winter. You gave me you promised me this one. You promised no, me this one. I, I never said that. I'm pretty sure I said I would die first. So you can have it over my over my slowly like rotting corpse. Okay, well, that's fine. You can have all the pum- pumpkin lattes you want. That's fine. Works for me. Works for me. You know what else works for me, though, is our next guest for this episode. Folks, if you're a part of the Boston music scene, you likely know the name of Jennifer Teft. She joins us today to talk about new singles, new albums, and a whole lot more. Jen, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Of course, the big news is the recent acoustic release of Going Out. And folks, if you haven't been checking this one out, give it a listen. You're going to love it. But I understand this is just sort of the opening round. We're going to be getting a full band release down the road. What's that one going to sound like? Well, we're kind of going back to our alternative rock roots. You know, I do a lot of acoustic stuff just on the side, but where my real love is, is the alternative rock world. So we're all lined up to get that going. We've got one single already done um, that's coming out in two weeks. And then um, we just kind of lined up everything else with a producer and stuff to get started on the rest of the album soon. So I'm really excited about it. Excellent. I am I am loving the single, by the way. I have been listening to it a bunch of times. It's really cool. I like the story about how this is all about just kind of escaping for like a night out, which we could all use a lot more of. Where sure. did the concept come from, though? Where did the idea for this thing happen? Like I said, I play a lot of uh, solo acoustic gigs um, in bars and various clubs around. And uh, so I do a lot of people watching because, you know, three, four nights a week after a while, you kind of zone out a little bit on those gigs. And my favorite nights are uh, when you see those people, specifically moms, (laughs) come in and, you know, uh, they got young kids at home. They don't get to do anything on their own. They don't get out very often. But when they do go out, it's like all bets are off. Everything's going to go off the rails at some point. (laughs) So that song is really about them and for them, but pretty much anyone, you know, when you kind of been home and not getting out much or just really stressed out and working too much, and then you get out and you go out to blow off some steam and uh, you never know really what's going to (laughs) happen. Okay, now you got me curious. What about you? When you get the chance to kind of go out and blow off that steam, where do you like to go? What do you like to do? It depends on who I'm with and what the next day looks like, I guess. <laughs> okay. Hypothetical, though. Friday night, nothing happening tomorrow. Do you have, like, a go-to spot? I don't typically. I mean, a lot of times I'll go out and check out live bands. But if I really just want to go and blow off steam, I like to find the craziest bar I can find with my girlfriends from high school and just dance like idiots. Like, no one's watching. And, you know, we end up meeting a lot of people and making a lot of friends getting really stupid and just having a great time. And that's, that for me is the best way to blow off steam. (laughs) And what would you say is the best, uh, your favorite spot to go check out the live bands? Well, I live in the suburbs, so uh, we have kind of a different assortment of stuff out here. Um, One of my favorite places, my newest favorite place, we just actually played there uh, last week is the Fallout Shelter in Norwood. Um, Fantastic live original music room top-notch everything and just treat you like royalty. I mean, just, 
you don't get treated that way very often as a local band, you know. <laughs> um, love the Magic Room in Norwood as well. And then we have some further out with a lot of variety, sometimes original music, sometimes cover bands, uh, the Central Tavern in Milford, Devlin's Tavern in Milford as well. Those kinds of places, you know. Okay, I am surprised to hear that Norwood has a music scene because I used to work in Norwood and I don't remember any of these things. Also, the Fallout Shelter, great venue name. It is an awesome venue. You have to go there too because, I mean, you walk in and it's just swanky. It's a music room. There's not a TV anywhere in the room other than the video monitors. They're all set up to do top-notch video and audio for everything. Every show they live stream. And they also release the entire set later as the extended play sessions for the Fallout Shelter. Amazing, amazing place. Really, really top notch. And yeah, I know Norwood's got two great music venues. Who would have thunk? For me, it's perfect because it kind of sits right in between the city and the suburbs, you know. So I have a hard time getting my suburban crowd into the city and any city followers out to the suburbs. So it's a perfect middle ground for me. Yeah, you also mentioned uh, the Magic Room is another venue, which also used to, that venue used to be in the city as well. It was? I don't. Was the the yeah. actual club? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, actually, run uh, run uh, by Dez. Of course, a lot of people yeah. associate him with you know, of course, so many different things in the Boston music scene. Yeah. yeah, and he had a place called the Magic Room, and it was this wonderful collection of just random stuff. He had masks and some weird dolls all and all, all kinds of yeah. stuff there. Yeah, yeah. He it sounded like he moved moved it from Brighton where it used to be. Okay, so, so I feel like I didn't know that he actually had the magic room in there, but yeah, no, it's awesome. So we did a gig back there in February, and the pictures that come out are awesome because there's always some bizarre face like over your shoulder or something like that. I, <laughs> Lots of really cool stuff to look at. Yeah, yeah you remember the, the Max? You remember the clowns? Yes, yeah. they still haunt my okay. nightmares. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'd almost forgotten them. Thank you. Yeah, another great venue, and does does a great job at Casey too. His daughter helps run it. Um, they put on a lot of great shows there. So it's awesome to see, you know, some of these smaller rooms coming back because um, we've lost a lot of those over the years. So it, it's it's pretty cool. And it's I love it because I live in the burbs. So it's nice for me not to have to go all the way into the city all the time. Yeah, yeah I always found it interesting that, you know, over the desert. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, Max. Yeah, because I need another cup of coffee now at this point. Max and I were talking about, you know, over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years that we've been, you know, kind of hanging out together and, and doing everything from music, entertainment, movies, and the whole nine yards, is that a lot of the uh, Boston, you know, music scene has changed and has morphed and has transitioned, you know, uh, through that extended period of time. Some for good, some for not so good, that sort of thing. And from what I can tell is that a lot of the music scene, for at least the small local independent folks, is kind of shifting out of the city now at this point and moving out into the suburbs. And that's why you're starting to see this explosion of all these other new venues out out there. What's your yeah. take on that? I know you used to, um, from judging uh, from reading from your bio, you used to uh, play a lot around the city. Yeah, I mean, we played, you know, all the rooms, TT's in the Middle East and, you know, got all the way back to like Club 3 in Somerville and, you know, all, all those clubs. And we did a Bill's Bar and Mamakin back in the day and all that stuff. And, all you know, all those things are gone now. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it, it's really hard to run a club, a music club specifically. Um, you know, there's a lot of overhead and it's not a lot of, of cash coming through the door all the time. Right. So I imagine that rents are just ridiculous and in Boston. And so it makes sense to move a little bit out of the city. Then you also have parking. You know, a lot of the suburban clubs, they have huge parking lots. So you don't have to, you know, 
circle around for an hour trying to find last time I went to see a band at the house of blues, I missed the band I was going to see because we couldn't find parking, you know? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh. so, I mean, but there's some benefits there. You obviously the shows are a little earlier in the suburbs too. I don't know. You know, sometimes that works for people, those people that got to get up in the morning, not, a, not quite as long of a ride home. We don't have quite the public transportation um, <laughs> benefit to it, but you know, it's, it's nice to see, these these clubs you know sprouting up and surviving and and not only surviving but actually doing really well mm. so hopefully we'll see more of those yeah definitely and and so i live in uh, western mass so a lot of people think it's just like uh the hobbiton basically the hobbit's shire over there but it, there's a no. huge <laughs> music scene out here there's like iron horse and the academy of music of course two of the bigger venues but there's a lot yep. of smaller ones too and I live down the street from a literal like five minute walk from two great music venues. So it's likewise, you know, we have so many choices here and it's nice that you don't have to go to, I don't have to make like the, the, uh, the two plus hour drive to Boston just to catch a show. Uh, I can do it right here in my backyard. Zero problems. Yeah, Western Mass has a huge, rich, you know, music scene out there. It always has. That's right. Wonderful. That's right. All right, uh, let us swing back to uh, to uh, going out. The acoustic version out now, full band version down the road. You also got your upcoming single, Love and War, that is out on September 8th. Yep. I want to talk a little about that. What can we expect from that one in terms of sound? Will it be similar to going out or going in a different direction? Well, it's full band production. It's a, definitely an alternative rock tune. The drums came out so good. I just love the drums. The huge, huge toms. I just, I'm a huge fan of big, big, big toms. So we got a lot of that. Chris Georginis is my drummer. He did a great job. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a driving song. It's got uh, a lot of sort of dynamics to it. You know, it's about a difficult relationship. So it's a little, a little gnarly. It gets a little angry in there, but. All right. And I know that for this one also, you work with some pretty major heavyweights in the music world. Of course, uh, Monk Dwayne, uh, former guest of the show. If, if you do music in Massachusetts, you probably know this guy. And you yeah, also you <laughs> worked, uh, and I apologize if I get the name wrong, Hans DeKlein. He, uh, he mastered it. Woo! Got it right. All right. Um, how'd you wind up collaborating with, the, uh, with these two guys? Well, Monk and I have known each other for years. We actually met a zillion years ago. Or, um, we had the same sync publishing agent who wanted us to work together. And we ended up never actually making that happen, but we've just kept in touch over the years. And I've always been a huge fan of him. He is quite possibly one of the most talented people in the state. I mean, he just brilliant songwriter, guitar player, multi-instrumentalist, uh, and a fantastic producer. Um, you know, I've never done anything with him in the producer seat before and he was amazing to work with just you can kind of see just like all the ideas exploding in his head as you're going you know and he's very good at articulating those ideas and getting them to happen um so it was a blast and i i love he's just a great guy too i just really love him so it's fun to work with him and then hans came about um nina pakal um reached out to him and we were collaborating on some stuff and um, he liked the tune and and he signed on to it. So and he made it just sound enormous. It's it great to get that back. <laughs> it was just huge. Yeah, I'm convinced a monk doesn't actually sleep. The dude is always doing so, something. I don't know when he does. And it's the same with that. Um, and he's good friends with my drummer, Chris Roginus, as well. And Chris is another one of those that never, ever sleeps. And I, I'm like, I, I love my sleep. I really I like my sleep so they're up at all hours of the night you know creating stuff and I'm like yeah. how do you do this I, I need that I need and, that ability 
and especially because he's got he's got kids too. So it's like, how do you yeah. balance uh, all this stuff, dude? Yeah, no, I, I just, just they're wired differently. They don't need sleep the way the way the rest of us. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a lot of five hour energy. Well, see, oh, I I should be sponsored by them in Celsius because that's how I run. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I have a I have a slow drip of caffeine with because I don't drink coffee, so I have Celsius or five hour in my water all day long just to keep me, you know, above nap time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and this show is brought to you by the by the wonderful folks at Coffee. Basically, the only thing keeping my heart going these days. I know. Sometimes I wonder. I'm like, I should probably like get my vitals checked. I drink way too many of those energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but that leads to another question: How do you keep yourself balanced? Because you do so much. I know the music is basically like a full time thing for you, right? It is. I also have my own business. Um, I teach during the day. I own a couple centers where I teach family music classes to little little young kids, uh, ages zero to five, and their parents. Um, so I have that, and then I also have two kids. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nonstop. And I wake up in the morning and my brain is always scrambled eggs. Like I just like, I don't even know where to start today. Like what needs attention, you know? But all of it's good. It's all stuff I really love to do. So, nice. um, so, so that's know, something. Get, go ahead. That? No, no, well, go ahead. I get bogged down, you know, in, in like the, the nitty gritty of like, I feel like I spend a lot more time doing marketing and you know, booking gigs or, you know, all kinds of stuff than I do get making music, which I wish it was different. And also just social media, like, you know, it's a whole nother full-time job trying to create content, which you have to do, like you just have to. But, you know, when we get in the basement and we play, um, I love my band. We have so much fun. We laugh all the way through rehearsal. We're really enjoying making music with each other. And um, then my other job with the little kids, you know, I never thought I would work with children. I am not a morning person. So like the nighttime music thing and the early morning little kid thing is really wasn't well thought out. <laughs> but um, I walk in and I'm grumpy and I'm tired. And by the time I leave working with them, you know, I mean, they're like, you know, toddlers and little preschoolers. I mean, they're freaking hysterical, the stuff they do. And they're so uninhibited with music. They love it. And I love watching them connect with it and um, grow doing it. So, you know, that stuff keeps me going. So I, um, it is, a, it's an interesting balance. And I'd say my kids probably suffer, you know, they're, they're teenagers now. Well, one's 20. So they, they love what I do and they uh, really support it. So they're great. But yeah, sometimes I feel like a crappy mom. Cause I'm like, I really should be doing something at home. <laughs> but they're good. Yeah. <laughs> so you have music as your full-time gig um, with all these things you have going on. In addition to, uh, that I had found out as I was reading through your bio and stuff. You have your own uh, record label as well, right? Gypsy Spin Music? Yep. So on top of all of that, right, on t you know, being a full-time mom, being a, a musician, a solo artist, playing with a band, finding time to write, all that, all that stuff, you know, my, my head just wants to explode because, <laughs> you know, you have to do all of these, you have all these responsibilities that are going on. And then you have to have to deal with all these major behind the scenes business dealings. You know, I mean, when you've got your music out there, I'm sure you're the one that's, you know, licensing all that music out to try to get, you know, that stuff on, you know, TV and radio and everything else. Like, I guess the one question I have based on all of that would be, how do you, how do you keep it all down? How do you find the time to focus and be organized enough to do every little thing? 
Well, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like falls through the cracks. Like nothing is yeah. ever quite done to the point where, you know, where I'm like, oh, I nailed it. I've got everything on the list done. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm working my butt off all day going like crazy. And I look at my to-do list and I didn't do a damn thing on the list. And I'm like, what the hell did I do all day? I don't know. It's just, it is a matter of just, you know, keeping things organized. I have a lot of lists. I have a lot of databases. I have a lot of calendars. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is addressing whatever's on fire at that particular moment um, and dealing with that. Um, and then, you know, there are some times where I'm just like, I just have to shut down with all of the the business end of stuff and just go make music, you know, and then that's what I have to remind myself to do. My house is a mess. It The dishes are never done. The, the laundry's never done. I have three dogs that rearrange my furniture. And, and like you walk in and you, you're like, obviously, she doesn't do a lot of housekeeping. So that's, that's where all the, you know, that stuff never gets done. So, um, you know, I, I get very motivated. And um, I like what I do. And um, I like working with other people and figuring stuff out. And I get really excited when I get a cool idea and and can like say, oh, let's let's do this at the show. Let's create this kind of cool event and things like that. So I, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a lot of caffeine too. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, I just, I like what I do and I like making things. I like, I like building things, whether it's, you know, a promotion or a song or an event. I just, I like seeing things come to fruition. So do you book all your own shows? I do right now. Boy, I would love to get rid of that, that responsibility. <laughs> It's like one of my least favorite things. Well, the solo acoustic stuff is is pretty easy at this point. I've been doing it long enough now that I have my rooms. And, you know, if I haven't called them, they call me eventually. Um, the band thing is, you know, that's always, always scrapping for the, the next better gig. You know, I'd like to move up a level and, and play better shows and things like that. And that's that's my next biggest um, biggest thing. We just did, you know, at the Fallout Shelter, we just did a whole long video shoot of of the last show. So now I have really good video of the new band and we can hopefully um, start really going after some good shows and things like that. But yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the band because I love the name Jennifer Teft and the strange. That is a <laughs> very, very cool band name. How did this group come yeah. together in the first place? Well, so my guitar player, John has been with me since the very beginning. Um, we started out as an acoustic duo and he's been with me forever. He's kind of like my musical soulmate. I kind of, I'm not great at articulating in musical terms what I want, but I'll say, you know, play something like here. And he knows exactly what I'm talking about and it'll make it happen. And then I've been playing with the same rhythm section for, for years, 20 some odd years. Um, and it was just time, you know, we were all kind of like, it wasn't, it wasn't super fun anymore. You know, it just, it seemed like there was a lot of just, you know, doing the same old thing and people were tired and I just, I needed some new energy. I needed some new creative input. And um, so we parted ways probably about a year or so ago. Um, still love them. Um, drummer and bass player, like my brothers, I absolutely adore them. Great people, fantastic musicians. Um, so absolutely no, you know, negative or hard feelings there. Um, it was just time to do something different, you know, and to challenge myself. I kind of got really comfortable playing with the same people and kind of doing the same thing. And I was like, you know, I think if I step out of my comfort zone, we'll see what happens. And uh, it's, it's been good. So we have um, Chris Georgina, who I mentioned as my drummer, he plays in a, a band, a longtime band. They do, they play all the time down the Cape all summer. He's really busy the Boston naturals. Um, and he plays with a bunch of other people as well. 
And then Stephen Betcha, who we call Sharky, um, he's on bass and he's been around forever too, you know, just in a gazillion bands. And they're both brilliant musicians and just really wonderful human beings that I, I just enjoy being around. With the new lineup um, that you have now and this, this transformation of the, the current iteration of the band, what does that creative process look like now? How is that different from, you know, your, your previous, you know, bands in terms of, um, you know, coming up with new material? We're still figuring that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the last, you know, six months or so have been like them learning their our material for gigs and stuff. And we actually, Love and War was the first song that we've actually arra- arranged together as a band, um, you know, and it was really cool to watch that happen, you know, and, you know, sort of see what each other's tendencies were and where people went with stuff. And, and, you know, everyone took criticism really well. We all were just kind of like, I don't know if that's working, let's try this. And so. Um, it's just a matter of getting in the basement and um, playing the song. And it, it, I will give them so much credit because I come to them with a song on me and an acoustic guitar, right? And we have to come up with a vision for where this is going to go as a full band. And a lot of times it goes completely left of center from where it started, which I love. I absolutely love. Um, and I try to give them all very long leashes. Like, I'm not like, oh, we have to play this and you have to play this. So it's like, I'm, I wrote the song. I sing. I play guitar in it. You guys show me what you want to do with it. You know what I mean? Um, so it's a lot of give and take. And um, so far it's worked out really well. You know, we'll, we got to get really in the basement now and arrange a whole bunch of songs. Um, Cause I think we're going to go um, start the rest of the album. Um, October, early October. We just, I just set that up today. So I'm very excited about that. All right. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, what is going to be happening down the road. What's the future look like for you? Do you focus more on the single work or the band work or is it more of a mix? I am hoping to sort of uh, get out of the solo acoustic cover tune game soon. Um, I, it's a bit of a grind for me at this point. I've been doing it a long time. It's, you know, to pay the bills. It's really what it is. And it's it's been great for my chops um, for learning, you know, learning new songs and my guitar playing and my vocal stamina, you know, to, to actually sing for three straight hours, you know, it takes a while to work up to that. And it's been a good run, but I would rather spend my time writing and working with the band than learning more cover tunes, you know, things like that. So I'm hoping that um, I'm expanding my teaching business during the day. So I'm hoping that will sort of take the place of a lot of the the acoustic gigs that I, I'm going to keep the ones that I really love. I've, I've developed a few rooms around the state that are just like family to me now that I love going there and they're so good to me and it's a lot of fun. Um, so I'll keep those, but I really would like to focus more on the band and the original music thing. And that's where I started out. You know, I did that for the longest time. And then after I had kids um, and needed more money because uh, kids are expensive, <laughs> you know, did the, the acoustic thing. Cause I could play three, four nights a week. You can't really do that with an original band, you know, unless you're on tour. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm really excited. We just, you know, uh, set up a deal with Bob St. John to produce the next, whether it'll be an EP or full length. Um, I don't know yet. And then hoping to do a few little short outings of tours. You know, I don't see us on the road, you know, for months or weeks at a time, but, um, you know, a few out and back type of stuff and, uh, just, See what happens. That's all you can do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask about teaching because I know a few people who uh, teach to kids and they just love the experience. What's your teaching style? How do you work with kids that young? I connect with them because I am a giant dork. And, Excellent. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know. I just think there's so much that goes on in those little brains. And um, I love I love finding out each and every one of their personalities. So I have, I have the kids, we meet once a week with their, with their parents or their nannies or whoever brings them to class. Like the, the grownups are expected to participate as well. And um, I have them for 10 straight weeks. So I really get to know them. I get to watch them sort of, you know, go from crying and not wanting to come into the room to all of a sudden walking in and like, you know, dancing and knowing all, all the, the moves we do or the, you know, the song they'll come and sing the songs all, all right away. Um, it's just, it's really kind of restores your faith in the human species. Actually, when you work with little people, it really does. They're just, they're just pure and they're honest and they, they tell you exactly what they like and they tell you exactly what they don't. And they tell you if you look like an idiot, which is great. You know, sounds like, like my four-year-old. Yep. No filter. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's uh, that's definitely my nieces. They are ten and six right now, and yeah, exactly. Zero filter. Say whatever you color comes know. to their mind, especially the older ones. She's so articulate now; she'll just go. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a that's a pretty scathing review of me. But okay, fine, that's fine. I yeah. take that one. You never know what's going to come out of their mouth. Yeah. But also, I have these great moments. I have a little boy and his mom are over from Ukraine. They left obviously because of the war. Sure. And. He came in, he doesn't speak English. He's like two something when I started with him. And now like, you know, he comes right in and he sits right in front of me and he watches my face and my lips. And he actually sang a song in English to me, you know, last week. And I almost, I was just like, I was just blown away. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's pretty cool. They're, they're so full of so much possibility. You know what I mean? And uh, it's, it's just amazing to watch it kind of come out gradually yeah so yeah. have you ever had um one of your students go on to like uh release music i'm not that old yet oh, i was <laughs> i wasn't sure how you were teaching for sorry <laughs> no i'm just kidding um my first class of students now are in the ones i had that started with me when they were babies or in or toddlers are just in about second and third grade right now so i've only i've only been doing it for about i think this is my seventh year so, um, yeah, but, you know, a lot of them are have gone on to taking actual music lessons, which is, you know, awesome, because what I do is teach them how to eventually, you know, it's kind of the foundation for getting them to be able to sing in tune and to keep a beat, right, which is just basic music competency. And you can't play an instrument if you can't do that yet. You know, you need to be able to audiate, you know, melodies and things like that and keep a beat with your own body before you go on to an external instrument. So watching them, you know, play piano or some of them are learning guitar, some of their drumming is pretty cool. So someday maybe, someday maybe it'll be the next Taylor Swift. Who knows, right? <laughs> you never know. You never know. And you and you got to say, I taught them. Exactly. And they'll be like, who? I don't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yep. how it's going to go. They'll be like, oh, that's great. Yep. Security. Yes, please. Yep. <laughs> Remove the crazy lady. <laughs> All right. Well, Jennifer, this has been absolutely amazing talking to you. Uh, of course, loving uh, going out. We got we got Love More coming out in just a little bit. Do we have more releases planned? Yes. I don't know exactly when yet. Like I said, we go into the studio in early October. Um, and hopefully it's going to be a fairly quick process. Um, you know, and I and then we'll see whether we, you know, what the timing is never good to release music during the holidays. So it may have to wait until January. But um, 
you know, as soon as we get something that's ready to release it, it'll be out soon because I'm jonesing to just get a bunch of new stuff out there. So. Oh, that oh, we we all are. We all are. All right. Well, thank Jennifer, you. thank you once again. Great talking with you. And of course, love the music. Curtis, as always, man, great to have you here. Thanks so much. All right. and yeah, thanks for having me. Nice to meet you, Curtis. <laughs> yeah, of course. And for the folks at home, if you want to learn more about this wonderful artist, you go to jenniferteft.com, T-E-F-F-T.com. It's all there. As we always say, support the artist, whether you buy the music, follow their socials, leave reviews, it all helps. And Jennifer, definitely looking forward to the next conversation. Thanks, Max. It was great to see you. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. And that brings this episode to a close. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. You can find this show on your favorite podcast platforms and new episodes are added every week, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. You can get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com. Whether you want to suggest a guest, submit music for the bi-weekly Blackout Collection playlist, or just say hello. That's all for now, and I'll see you next time.